Two girls talking. You know what that means. It's time to talk. What's going on in the world? How about your business? How about your life? Let's talk it out. Two girls talking. Hey guys, it's Anna. And it's Ashley. And I hope you guys are awake today because we're going to be talking about sleep. You're probably not getting enough of it. And if you're a parent to young kids, oh my gosh, yeah. tune in, get ready. Here we go. Yep. I am so excited to introduce our guest today, Dana Obleman. She is a sleep expert. And after struggling with her own child's sleep, she drew on her dual degrees in psychology and education to create the Sleep Sense program, which is a complete sleep resource for parents and has sold over 100,000 copies in more than 30 countries. Dana, welcome to the show today. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks. Yeah, we are excited to have you. Yeah. Before we dive in and talk about sleep, but we definitely want to get your expert tips. Why don't you take a minute to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a sleep expert? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I had my first son and knew nothing about sleep. I had no idea what his needs were and I had no idea how to encourage him to sleep well. Like most new parents were completely in the dark yep. about about sleep. Um, and I struggled, you know, for about five or six months. He he wasn't improving at all. And I was just really feeling the, the negative effects of chronic sleep deprivation. It was really affecting my mood and my health and my relationship with my son even. Um, and I, I kind of had my rock bottom night where I just felt like I can't do this one more second. Like, I, I don't know, maybe I, I'm missing the mom gene. I don't have I know, what right? it takes. I can't do this. Everybody thinks that. Um, am I, yeah, yeah. Like, ev yeah, everyone else seems to be handling it just fine. And I'm, I'm, I'm dying over yeah. here. So I, um, I, in that moment kind of made a pact that I would, uh, try to figure it out, see if there was something I could do. Like, well, I might as well try, you know, a few things and see if I can improve his sleep. And so I did that exact thing and I started doing the research and pulled things together that made sense to me. Um, and within a couple of weeks, he transformed before our very eyes, mm -hmm. you know, not, not just was he sleeping better, but he was a different baby. He was happy and um, content and it just changed. Um, my relationship with my husband was improving. My relationship with my son was better. And it was just so transformational that I I just was ignited. I, I, I just had a burning passion for trying to help as many people as I could. And that's that's exactly what I ended up doing. Yeah, it's it's amazing how much, and especially before you have kids, because, you know, we talked about this earlier, you know, before we started recording that, you know, Ash and I are, are journalists, former journalists, and you work those third night, those third shifts, you know, and you think, oh, I can handle sleeplessness, but it's not the same. It's not the same mm -hmm. at all. And you don't, you do not realize until you don't have it, how important sleep is to life. It is. And I want to say this also, like, because I experienced extreme sleep deprivation with my second child, um, Kate. Like, I thought the overnights at CBS News had had me trained. I was like, I got this. Kate did not sleep for a full year. So, like, Dana, talk to us about the, like, what does sleep deprivation look like? Mm -hmm. 
Well, yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, you can handle, if you know that there's an end, you can pretty much do anything, right? right? Like you can be up for a few nights and you know that, okay, come the weekend, I'm going to catch up and sleep in. But when you've got a child who's not sleeping well, it kind of feels like this endless tunnel, right? Where just night after night is kind of the same and it doesn't matter who you pray to. It's not getting any better. Yeah. Um, It feels really hopeless. And, And so- the, that that sort of chronic sleep deprivation. I mean, we know now that sleep is is an integral part of our health and wellness and relationships and 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 focus. And you know, we know that sleep trickles into every single faucet of our lives. And so, when you're not getting it, um, you know, week after week, month after month, even year after year, it starts to break you down physically. Right, it affects your heart health. It affects your weight. It affects, um, you know, your cognitive ability, your function, your focus, your mood, even. Um, you re- and then you become almost obsessed with it, right? right? And then yeah. you're boring your your friends yeah. and family because you're talking endlessly about how tired you are, and it just like it affects every single thing. Yeah, it does. It does. So you. Um- did more than just help your son. You've like created this, what do I call it? Program platform to help Mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So once I, I solved Charlie's problems, I decided to quit my job as a teacher and start consulting with families privately um, and called myself a sleep consultant. (laughs) Uh, And that was, um, you know, quite successful right out of the gate because it was necessary. People were looking for solutions and and guidance, and it was really lacking at the time. I get my son's nineteen now, so this was a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but at the time, there really, really, there wasn't any resources besides mm-hmm. a couple of books on the shelf. So there was nobody spending time talking to parents about how to create good sleep habits, how to fix. Um, bad sleep habits and how to get your children onto a really great sleep schedule. And so I filled that gap and worked with families privately um, for a couple of years. And then I had a few more kids and decided, um, you know, I I wanted to work a little smarter, not not so much harder, and decided to turn my knowledge into an online resource. So we created the Sleep Sense program um, and started selling that online to parents, and it's been going strong now for 15 years. That's been online, wow. so um, it's been a real blessing. Amazing! Yeah. It's so fun, like just knowing amazing, successful women business Absolutely. owners. I have to say that, like, it just your story is so inspiring. So I hope everyone listening yes. here is like, oh my god, you can do it if you're thinking of starting a business. Let's start with some of your favorite tips that you want to share for any of our listeners who are struggling with sleep. And I also, I also want to say this, um, like, yes, with infant sleep, but I also think it would be helpful if you address, like, like, for example, I have a five-year-old daughter who still wakes up in the middle of the night. She'll come and sleep in bed with me. That wakes me up. So like, is it, are you able to address sleep issues for different ages? I guess yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's been a kind of a 
a cool um, thing that our trend that I've seen in the last five years or so is more and more parents coming forward to say, you know, I have a five-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old who's still waking up in the night and needing some attention or assistance. Um, And I think that that's because sleep as a science and sleep as a sort of pop, pop culture talking point has become uh, more mainstream, more people are talking about right. sleep, and we're we're learning more and more about how um, damaging it is to to not get the sleep you need. So more and more parents are kind of raising their hand and saying, "Hey, <laughs> me over here, yeah. I, I'm still struggling." So we work, I, you know, we work with newborns all the way up to twelve year twelve years uh, of age with the Sleep Sense program, and then, you know, I have an adult component as well. Yay, which, that's for um, me. We, that's for you me. Know, follows. The, <laughs> yeah. Follows similar principles, but um, a little bit different. But yeah, I think the number one thing that I always try to hammer home is that sleep is a skill. Sleeping well is a skill set. Really? Okay. And so, you know, just like anything else in your life, if you're dragging a bunch of bad habits into your sleep, then that's that's where you're going to start to suffer. And so teaching a baby to sleep well and independently mm. is the the crux of the issue that, you know, sleep is a sleep is a very personal, individual thing. If you can't sleep, there's not a dang thing anyone else can do for you, right? Right. Like that has to be something that you have mastery over. And if we're always doing the work for our kids, we're rocking them to sleep or feeding them to sleep or driving them around town until they fall asleep, we're doing all the work for them so they don't have to learn. I'm guilty of that, all of that. Yeah, I think though that you're not alone there, Ashley, because, oh my goodness, when you're in that situation and your kid will not sleep, I mean, you do anything to get them to sleep so that you can get some some sleep too. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I have stories of like leaving the car running in the car, like with the child because, and I won't get out of the car because she's asleep and I'm like, oh, well, I'll just take a nap right right now too. You know, like there's- been there. Crazy things have been done. Yeah, been there, done that. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so, Dana, one of the questions I was, I'm kind of interested in is, um, in the the 19 years that you've been working with your son and other kids, in the 15 years of your business, have you noticed a change in the reasons for sleeplessness? Mm. Um, I guess maybe. Somewhat. Like I said, I think the heart of all sleep issues is that skill set. So does your child have a healthy relationship with sleep? Do they understand what sleep is for and how it makes them feel better? You know, do they have... um, when you see that good relationship, then they're not fighting sleep. They're not, you know, Mm -hmm. stalling bedtime. They're not putting up a fuss right before you call bath time. I mean, that that's when you see children who have great relationships with sleep. But I have noticed, you know, especially with children having more access to social media and news outlets, that anxiety level has increased a lot for children mm. um, in the last few years. And and that I think is contributing, you know, the same way it does for adults when you finally crawl into bed and your mind just starts going down that rabbit hole of everything you need to worry about. Uh, mm-hmm. Similar things are happening to kids now. Oh, wow. That's scary. Yeah, I don't want. I'm like that's frightening for my kids. I'm like, I hope they don't have the monkey mind that I have when I go to bed yeah, at night. Right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes yeah. it's really, it's difficult for me to turn that off. And I was, you know, we were talking. You know, do you have? Yeah. We were talking before 
we started recording that I use um, like some little gimmicks. First of all, the room cannot be hot for me. I can't do it. Whereas I know, I mean, I know other people can like totally just fall asleep in the heat, but if my room is too hot, I'm awake all night long and sweating. Um, but I now have to use like a white noise. I have to sleep to like rain thunderstorm sounds that, that like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can be thundering and lightning and crazy. And I am going to be soothed by that. I know that's crazy, but it's going to rock me to sleep. Just don't let the tree fall in my house, but otherwise I'm good. What are your thoughts on, like, let's talk a little bit about adult sleep since Anna's mentioning it. Like, what are your thoughts on these gimmicks? And like, what are some ways that like if adults, I do have a lot of friends who struggle with um, sleep. But then for me, like I now wear an eye mask. Sometimes I have earplugs. I have an air purifier. Like my, my sleep has gotten a lot more high maintenance the older mm-hmm. that I get. Um, and like, la- like last night I needed the white noise. Like, mm-hmm. So like, what, what are your thoughts on all these mm-hmm. gimmicks? And like, what do, have you seen work in adults? Yeah. Well, I think that there's, I call those strategies. Those are your sleep strategies. Makes me feel better. Um, And everyone has. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) That's a strategy. It's okay. Um, Yeah. And everyone has them, right? And they can change and evolve as as we get older. You know, I I have to have my earplugs on standby just in case Mm -hmm. my husband starts to snore and I need a glass of water beside my my bed on my bedside table. So these are my strategies. And what happens with strategies is they keep your anxiety level low, right? Mm. So that you know, you've got all the things you think you need and everything is just right. And the environment is exactly the way you like it. And that helps you, you know, get yourself to sleep, uh, in a more timely manner at, at bedtime. So if you were to take one of those things away, you would probably feel a little anxious about it and that's going to hinder your, your ability to fall asleep. So I right. love I love the temperature discussion mm-hmm. because everyone, including kids, like to sleep slightly cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 68 to 72 is the range which we suggest everyone sleep in. And that's cold. That that's if you're not under covers, you're going to be cold. Mm-hmm. And that's the way our bodies like it. Okay. So that's great. Um, darkness is also super important. You know, no, I even tell people if you've got a TV in your bedroom, like duct tape over the the little um, red light that emits from the bottom when you're when it's even when it's off, and turn your alarm clocks to face the wall, and like we're blocking out any kind of. Um, even low level light in the night because we know that mm. any kind of light interference, uh, inter- it, it does interfere with your melatonin production and that's mm. going to cause a wake up. So keeping it nice and dark. I always say your room should be like a cave, cold and dark. Oh, okay. <laughs> right? That's that's a perfect environment for sleep okay. for sure. And then I think the biggest culprit to, especially for adults, uh, is, is the screen use. So looking at your Mm. phone right before you fall asleep or watching TV or or checking your work email one more time and doing these things, uh, in that lead up to bedtime is, is very detrimental to your, the quality of your sleep. You might fall asleep quickly, but you probably won't stay asleep through the night or else you'll struggle to fall asleep um, and, and either way, you know, is hard on you. So I always suggest people try to cut down their screen use, uh, at least an hour before you plan to turn the lights out for the night. Mm. That is like, I, I needed to hear that. I am, I'm such a, I love watching like TikTok at night. Like I just, I need to, it's a habit I need to stop because I can tell my sleep is affected by it. 
Um, and I think that's a really good reminder for everyone. And I also think that it's a good example that we should set for our children right, too. Right, right. So, yeah, it really is. I mean, it's tough. I think it's like a, it's a hard habit to break. Mm-hmm. I totally yeah. get it. And I always feel a little bit guilty telling people this because I know it's a crutch for a lot of people. But, you know, when you open the door to what other things could I do, right? It's kind of exciting. You know, you could take Mm. a a bath or a shower. You could do some journaling. You could read Mm. an actual physical book. Uh, You could look at magazines. You could listen to a podcast. Right. Um, You know, all these things are are really nice alternatives to to staring at a screen. So – for those of us, that's so true. For, for, the, for those uh, of us who wake up in the middle of the night, because I've been having, I don't know why, anytime, sometimes between two and four a.m., I will just like wake up. What is a tip for me to go back to sleep? Because I wake up and I'm, I'm in a dark room. You know, nobody's been talking to me. I've been asleep for three to four hours. Um, mm-hmm. What, what, what should I do to go back to sleep? Yeah. So when you wake up in the middle of the night, I always like to just do some troubleshooting on the front end. So what's going on leading up to your bedtime? Because what often happens is that you've run low on melatonin because melatonin needs to accumulate through the evening, right? It has to build. It's like a slow build. Um, And so you have to have enough in your system by the time you're ready for bed that you can fall asleep quickly and stay asleep through the Mm -hmm. night. Um, And that could be part of it. So maybe monitoring your screen usage before bed, um, see if you could dial that back. There's lots of really great blue light blocking glasses on the market now Mm -hmm. that might be helpful. Just making sure that you're turning off any unnecessary lighting in the house. Um, Just be preventative. See if you can do some things on the front end to prevent it. And then if it happens, I think the biggest mistake people make is that they lay there trying to will themselves to go back to sleep. Guilty. Right? And that's going to increase your... Right. And so what happens when you start to do that, you're essentially worrying about the fact that you're not asleep. And the more you worry, the less likely you're going to be able to fall back. So you get give yourself a little cortisol burst by all this worrying and fretting about not sleeping. And that just like is a snowball effect to even even a harder time. So I always say lay there for what feels like 20 minutes, right? Don't look at the clock because that's mm. that's going to cause you anxiety. And if you're not asleep in what feels like 20 minutes, then get up and and maybe go like organize your spice rack or, uh, you know, do read a few pages of a, a fairly light book or write down what you're worrying about in, in, a, in a worry journal or do something sort of low key for what feels like about 10 minutes. And just be careful you don't turn on a bunch of lights when you do that. Um and then what if it feels like about 10 minutes has gone by, then go back and try again. So go back for another 20. If you're still not asleep, get up for 10. And you just kind of alternate between these two strategies until you fall back asleep. Okay. I'll try that. There you go, Anna. I know. I'll try anything. <laughs> when I'm awake like that, you know, it doesn't happen yeah. all the time. But when it does, it's just maddening. And I, I am tired the next day. Do you, would you recommend that same strategy? So for me, uh, my husband goes to work at four 30 in the morning every day. And that's part of the reason why I have earplugs and, um, and and an eye mask, a sleep mask. 
but like what you, the, the strategies that you mentioned be, and he try he like, you know, bless him. He really does try to be as quiet as possible. Mm-hmm. He doesn't turn on lights, but there's, he still wakes me up a couple times a week, not knowing at four 30, would you recommend those same strategies for like couples who have different sleep schedules? Yeah, that's really tough. Um, you know, it's, again, I always feel a little bit bad telling people this, but in lots of cases, I'll tell, I'll tell, um, couples that they should really be sleeping apart. Mm. Um, you know, not everyone has that luxury of a, a spare bedroom, but you know, if your husband is keeping you awake with snoring or keeping you awake, um, with like lots of rolling around or movement in the bed or getting up in the middle of the night to go to work, then for the sake of both of your health and happiness, you know, sleeping apart, we call it a sleep divorce. I wish we could think of a better term for that. I don't, I don't love it. Um, but just like getting over, there's some like societal pressure that couples need to share a bed and it means there's something wrong with your marriage if you don't. That's that's garbage. Just let go of that. If you're both getting adequate and proper sleep, you're going to actually be a better better couple, right? Because you're going to have more um, patience and energy and you're going to just feel in a better mood, which will translate into a uh, a better relationship with your partner. So that may be one idea, but otherwise I think you're really you're really doing everything you can to minimize the the potential that he's going to wake you with the earplugs. Do you try white noise? Did you mention white yeah, noise? Yeah, I have yeah. white noise. Yeah, I have like I have and, and and these things help, but there are just you know, it still happens because he's in the bed with me, right. you know, like there's yeah. you can feel, feel it. No yeah. 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 Um, and so, so I, I mean, and yeah, like we, we did have a guest bedroom downstairs until the pandemic hit and now it's a classroom, but we have the bed. Like, so, so you're, I I think that's actually a really good idea for the nights, especially when I need to get the sleep because I, and it's most of the nights because I have to be on for the kids. I'm the only one here. Um, and I can't be sleep deprived. Right. Right. It's so important. And we go to bed at different times too, because I don't wake up at four thirty. He does, so he goes to bed between eight and nine. I go to bed between ten and eleven, um, and so then I have to be quiet for him between, you know, like yeah. So it's it's hard, yeah. And and there's a lot of like you know other um, couples, like if you're a journalist or like a police officer or in that service industry, like doctor, or whatever. Like it's just all weird sleep hours. Yeah. yeah. And it would be better if if you didn't disrupt each other. Yeah, for yeah, sure. that's so true. But you're right; there is that societal thing. Like, oh, you're not sleeping with your spouse. You know what's wrong? Yeah. But I guess you know maybe we should start saying, "I'm not sleeping with my spouse." What's right? Maybe that's what we should be saying. Yeah, instead, exactly. Right? Well, also, Dana, since we're talking about you know societal issues, um, do you like? I I found myself curious and wondering your opinion on like our societies. Do you think our society values sleep in the way we should? I think I know what you're going to say, um, but I'm just curious for your thoughts on that. No, definitely not. Um, I think it's gotten a little bit better, uh, again, with more, you know, some celebrities coming forward and talking mm-hmm. about sleep and books about sleep that have made, you know, the New York Times bestseller list and things like that. So I think people are um, paying more attention to their sleep and learn and we've learned a lot about 
the negative impact of not sleeping well. So I think it's changing, but it's been a really slow tide to turn. And I think there's still that sort of um, mentality that that we that only like sleep is for the weak and yeah. um, that we have to be like so driven towards progress and we are we put all these pressures on ourselves and I think especially for women actually you know with all the demands especially through the pandemic now you're a teacher Ashley and you've got a business to run and <laughs> you've got a house to maintain and there's just all these things that are 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 kind of in your lap and sleep is the first thing that women tend to sacrifice right. yes you know? absolutely and and that to me is, is, is backwards because the more you sacrifice your sleep, the, the long-term health and, and mental impact that that's going to have is it's going to actually make you worse at Mm -hmm. everything, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of, instead of better. So, so I also find myself at one, like, I feel like our listeners might be wondering, how do you feel about naps for adults? Also for kids. Just going to ask that. Because I'm a huge napper. I love napping on the weekends. I feel like it's an opportunity for my body to recharge from any wake-ups that I had from my husband um, because of his work schedule. So what are your thoughts on that for both adults and for kids? Yeah. Well, for kids, absolutely. Naps are are a huge piece of the puzzle. And, you know, I believe sleep begets sleep. So Mm -hmm. the better your child is napping throughout the day, the better they're going to sleep at night because they'll be – their sleep pressure will be perfect. It'll be just enough that sleep comes easily, but not too much that they're pushing into overtiredness. And we know when when anyone's overtired, you know, you have a harder time. It feels like you're wired, you're jittery. It feels like you just drank a pot of coffee and now you're trying to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And the sleep you have after that is, is fragmented and there's, it's, it's a light sleep and there's lots of wake up. So we want to keep everybody, you know, in this perfect sweet spot of, having enough sleep pressure to, to fall asleep well, um, but not too much. Uh, so I, I love naps. I take a nap probably three or four times a week. I take a little nap. Um, there's some do's and don'ts around napping, especially for adults. Uh, I would say a half an hour is, is your length that it shouldn't be any longer mm. than that unless you okay. have time to really commit. So it's either a half an hour or it's 90 minutes. Those are kind okay. of your only two options because if you cut your nap, you know, at the 45 minute mark or the hour mark, you're probably pulling yourself out of deep stage three sleep. Mm. And when you do that, you're going to actually end up feeling worse. You're, you're going to feel really groggy. You're going to feel a bit disoriented. It's going to take you a long time to kind of get yourself back up and, and running. So that's that's a, a definite no-no. And then for some people, naps can interfere with the night. And so if you find mm. yourself, you know, if you take a little 30-minute nap in the afternoon, but then you have a really hard time falling asleep at bedtime, it might be worth experimenting with just forcing yourself to forget about that nap and see if you sleep better and more solidly through the night. And don't nap too late in the day either. Um, Depending on when your normal bedtime is, you know, for me, my cutoff is two. I can't nap past 2 p.m., two in the afternoon, or else I I, I do have a harder time falling asleep at night. Wow. Okay. Fascinating. I love it. Yes. Um, So Dana, I'm curious for our listeners, like what are some, what, what are things that you're working on right now in your business that you're really excited about? 
Well, we've had to make a pretty big pivot in this last uh, year and a half. We did my certification program, which is my platform for teaching and mentoring other people to become sleep consultants. Um, that's had to really change a lot over the, the last couple of years. I used to do it all live, so people would come mm-hmm. um, and join me in Florida, and I would teach them for three days, and then they would go home, and I would mentor them for the remainder of the program. But now we're, we're doing that all online. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's been great in a lot of ways because it really opens the door to to people from all around the world to participate which has maybe held a few people back in the past because getting to Florida is tricky, especially Mm -hmm. when you're a mama. Uh Um, Mm -hmm. And now they don't have to do that. They can just join me um, online, which has been really cool. Um, And yeah, I've just been um, diving into the adult space uh, a little bit more. We're running a certification program around that as well. So now we have coaches that can work one-on-one with adults uh, to help them get their sleep hygiene and break some bad habits around their sleep um, to improve the quality of that. And yeah, it's just been, you know, uh, such a an amazing journey. And um, sleep, I, you know, I'm so lucky that I found such a passion, but I, I really honestly never get tired of talking about sleep. <laughs> And I also love that you are creating career opportunities for people yeah. around the yes. world with like, you're spreading the message of like, here, sleep is important. Here's how to get better yeah. sleep and more of it. And you're teaching people how to do your craft as well. Yes. And that, it feels probably so empowering too. It really does. I mean, it's just been, and I see, um, you know how we have a really great community. We call ourselves Sleep Sisters. So we are all, you know, so supportive and generous with our time and support for one another. Um, but it's just been amazing to see because I don't think there's enough opportunity, especially for women, to 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 become their own boss, to be their own mm-hmm. entrepreneur, to carve out their own schedules, so that they have. You know, I don't know that you can always have the best of both worlds, but that you can like at least somehow bridge the gap, right? You can spend more time with your family. You know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to create this business for myself was I didn't want my son to be in, you know, 10 hours of daycare, five days a week like that. That's not the vision I had for myself as a parent. Um, And so just opening that opportunity up to women to, 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 you know, create their own destiny. It's just been, I love it. It's been so, so such a blessing in my life. Well, Dana, can you tell our listeners um, how they can get in touch with you, especially to take part in some of your online uh, workshops? And, you know, because this is, this is really, really important. Sleep, you know, does not get enough respect, I don't think. It does not. No, it really really doesn't. Uh, So yeah, you can find me at sleepsense.net. I'm also on Instagram under Sleep Sense, I'm on Facebook under my name Dana Obelman, and I'm I'm happy to have conversations and point people in the right direction. So don't hesitate. Please reach out if you want more information on this beautiful thing called sleep. Yeah. Yes. 
Love it. Oh my gosh, Dana, this has been such a great conversation and so inspiring on so many levels. Like for me, my takeaways are like, you know, like the importance of sleep, but also just hearing about you creating career opportunities for people as well. Um, it's just like, wow, like what a what an inspiring yeah. story you have. So thank you Gift. for joining us today. Yes. Thank you so my much. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, really appreciate it. All right, listeners, we will talk to you again in two weeks. Yeah. And then just a reminder, don't have your phone by your bed tonight, right. everyone. Right. Make it dark and cold like a cave. Right. Bye. Bye.